Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're gonna bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is gonna lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You're listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast, episode number three on Blue Wire, and I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Today's guest is Los Angeles Chargers team reporter, Haley Elwood. Haley shares her journey from in-arena host for the Lakers to her current position with the Chargers to covering Super Bowl 53. Before we dive in, I'd love to ask everyone listening to subscribe to the Get My Job podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. One lucky reviewer will win some cool Fangirl merchandise. So make sure to screenshot your review on your Instagram story and tag at Fangirl Sports Network and hashtag GetMyJobPod for a chance to win and be highlighted in an upcoming episode. All right, Haley, welcome to the Get My Job podcast. You are our third ever guest and I couldn't be happier to have you today. I couldn't be happier to be on here. Thanks, Tracy. Absolutely. Um, this is just, here's a fun fact for all of you. Haley and I met at a Super Bowl kickoff party in Atlanta this past January, and I immediately just thought she was incredible and awesome. Um, and so we talked about doing this podcast once we decided to do it. So very happy to have you today. You guys are in for a treat. Haley has done a number of different things in the world of sports and outside the world of sports, which we will talk about. Um, so you guys are in for a very big treat. So let's dive right in. Haley, I want to start talking about your parents who you said have, they worked in TV news. And I just kind of want to know, did they work in sports? Uh, was that just totally separate? And how did that kind of shape what you wanted to do um, as you grew up? Totally. So I kind of always make the joke, you know, some parents, some kids whose parents are doctors, like, they may want to go into the medical field. And it doesn't mean you obviously like know everything that you're getting into, but you're around it. You're around the environment. Um, my parents were behind the scenes. So my dad worked as he was a producer for a really long time, executive producer, and then became news director. And then my mom was a producer and then she's still there. Actually, she is the community services director, manager at, at a local station down in San Diego. And so I just kind of grew up in that environment of, being around local news and they weren't into sports, but my dad was a huge football fan. So that's kind of where the sports background came from. But I just thought that whole hands-on element of producing and writing and seeing what goes into newscasts was so cool. And I just loved like being able to visit their station and, and growing up in that environment was just awesome. And I, I knew you know, I, or I guess I should say, I wasn't sure if I ever wanted to do local news per se, but like I loved entertainment news when I was younger. Like I loved popular culture and all of that. But then what was funny was like when reality TV started getting big, I was like, Ooh, I'm not into reporting on these kinds of people. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of <laughs> stopped not caring, um, about them. And so I guess I would say that maybe sports reporting was kind of a transition from that, but but overall, just it was really interesting um, to just kind of see the nuts and bolts of, of how newscasts are produced and just that whole environment in general. So kind of piggybacking on that, um, this was something we had talked about in a previous podcast uh, that you and I talked about with MJ Acosta. And, and this was is a big thing for you as well. You started freelancing um, with Fox and a number of different organizations, just doing everything, correct? From writing, mm -hmm. producing, on camera. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's, I really want to drive home to our listeners how important it is to have a variety of skill sets so 
when someone asks you to do something or can you do something, you don't have to turn down an opportunity because you can't do it. Totally. It's so important. So when I originally graduated from college and I went to UC San Diego, which is not a broadcast school by any means at all, but it was a good school. And so I figured, well, I'll get my degree from a really good public university. And then once I graduated, I was like, oh, now what? You know? So when I was kind of figuring things out, I ended up going to a junior college after I got my BA. And it was a junior college in Northern San Diego that had an Emmy award winning broadcast program. So I did a year there and I did one semester writing for their paper and then one semester working on their 30 minute newscast. And then once I kind of got a reel together based on that work, I just kind of started reaching out to different people. And so at the time, Fox Sports had a division called Fox Sports Next, which then became scout.com. So it was high school football recruiting. And I ended up getting in touch with the guy who basically ran it. I got an interview and he's like, yeah, let's have you cover San Diego high school football. So they sent me, it was this giant box and they mailed to my house, a camera, a tripod, a microphone, a Fox Sports mic flag, which I thought was so cool because it was like credibility, right? You know, you see people on Sundays with that. Um, and then it was, okay, you're going to go out. You, you have, I had someone who I reported to every week to figure out what game I was going to go to. And I'd go to that game and I'd talk to probably one or two players after the game. And I'd set up my tripod and set up the camera and shoot it. And they were, you know, the most rinky dink of rinky dink standups, but then I'd go home, I'd edit them. And then I'd write a piece off of that. So just being able to do all those things was so important. And I mean, even though it was on like a digital level, it was still great because it was invaluable experience. And another thing that fast forward to where I am now with the Chargers, I just started a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I'm in charge of doing everything for it. You know, booking guests, writing, interviewing, editing, which is a skill that's so crucial to have. And I actually owe that to working at a dance studio for like 10 years and cutting recital music like that paid off. Um <laughs> You never, know. More, you never know where all your different experiences are. You never know. But it is honestly the more you can do. And earlier this summer, Laura Oakman brought her galvanized group to the Chargers and we did a little Q&A at the end. And one of the girls had asked me, you know, oh, I'm applying for jobs, but now they really want to kind of pigeonhole you in certain roles. And I'm like, no, no, no. The more you can do, even if it's not, even if it's stuff you keep in your back pocket, it's so important to have that because it's just kind of, what may be called upon that, that you're called upon at the end of the day to do. And it's, it's just invaluable experience. The more you can do, the better, you know, you have a shot of doing great things in this industry. So there are a number of things you just talked about that I want to go, go into further detail on. First of all, for those people who don't know, can you talk a little bit about Galvanize? Cause you, you went through that program. Is that correct? So I didn't go through it, but I had connected with Laura and I did, she had a YouTube channel um, when I had kind of started working with her. And so I did some stuff for her YouTube channel, which again was like shooting your own things and editing your own things. Um, but I had never done the boot camp until she actually brought them to the chargers. And the, the past two years, I've actually kind of sat with them on those days. Okay. So can you tell people though, a little bit about, you know, what the boot camp is? Um, I know we had what our Eagles fan girl actually went through it. Um, this last summer, our, our Eagles fan girl, full circle, was in fact a Chargers cheerleader. Um, but if you could just give just a little bit of an overview of what it is, and, and when you were at the boot camp, kind of what you saw there, and uh, why you would recommend it. Yeah, so it's a two day program, and so I'm the last couple of years I've just been focused on the second day. The first day is Laura working with the girls hands on on sort of ins and outs of the industry. I. I want to say I, I didn't do it personally. Um, and I believe they kind of start researching, they all get paired with at least one rookie or two rookies, depending on what team they're with. And they have to research their rookie and kind of find stuff out about them. Then day two, Laura brings the girls into the facility and she has them find their rookies and they sit together and they take turns interviewing one another and then they'll eat lunch together, which is a great experience just to kind of get comfortable with them. And then they'll end up doing the girls will shoot a, I think 90 second to two minute interview with the player. And then they'll shoot a stand up outside that leads into the interview when it's all kind of spliced together later. But the whole goal of it, which is great. And what Laura says is like, Imagine being, you know, when you're a sideline reporter from her experience on a Sunday, 
and it's a post game and you're, you know, grabbing a guy for an interview. She's like, how great would it be to have that personal connection with Mm -hmm. someone? You know, that a lot of the times you don't have that sort of bonding experience that you can over these galvanized days. So just getting that kind of getting to know you is super invaluable. And it's just a really great experience too, because I mean, Laura's one of the best in the business to do what she's done. And to have that one-on-one time with her is really helpful. And sitting in that room and watching these girls um, work with her is awesome because she really, she's just so hands-on. And and frankly, for me to be in that room, it's such a learning experience because I learned so much about the players that I didn't even know because there's so many rookies and it's hard to kind of get with them. But it's even a great learning experience for me. I take so much out of it, even just sitting there. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I know, um, I know Tyler really enjoyed it. So um, I'm glad to hear that. So I want to go back to something else you said. You talked about uh, lessons you learned in running a dance studio. Talk a little bit about that. I know you were a dancer growing up. So please just talk a little bit about that because uh, dancing is a sport and that takes quite a bit of athletic ability. So I would just love to hear a little bit more about that time in your life. Yeah, it is a sport. So I grew up dancing and then when I was a senior in high school and I knew that I was going to be staying in San Diego for college, I needed a job. And so the studio, yeah, you know, the studio that I worked at was actually owned by full circle again, a former charger girl and, um, or the studio that I danced at, I guess. And then when I started working there, they had a front desk position that was open. So I started working the desk and then grew into a managerial role. And I ended up spending 11, almost 11 full years there. But it's kind of funny. It's like I talked about, you know, being able to cut music, but I was really thinking about besides that, like, what did I learn in those 11 years besides kind of running a business and personal relationships? But I kind of have to say, like, just people skills and almost interview skills in a weird way. I mean, having to sit at that front desk and converse with so many different types of people from dance moms to kids who are hanging out late at night, just waiting for their parents to be picked up. It really was a great experience in that sense. And also, I mean, it was just cool just being around it. And and I'm a huge supporter of the arts and always have been. And yeah, dance is absolutely a sport. I mean, these girls work and guys work so hard. And the studio that I worked at has done a tremendous job and they've bred some really great dancers. I mean, girls, this one girl, she was on Dancing with the Stars a couple of years ago, dancing with Julianne Huff and Derek Huff. And so that was so cool to see, but I really learned um, so much. And so I have such a huge respect for professional NFL, NBA, professional sports team dancers, because those girls work tremendously hard and it is a tough job. And on Sundays when you're on the sidelines, like sweating and dancing, I give them all the credit in the world because I know all the work that goes into that. And, and this, there's the sweating and dancing in those days on the sidelines when it's freezing and you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have many of those out here in Southern, no, in Southern California. We do not, but for, you know, we had Camille Caustic on a couple years ago. She was a new England Patriots uh, dancers. Very cold there. It's very cold. So I think, you know, it's, it is a lot of work and they put in a tremendous amount of work. So um, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, do you still get to dance from time to time? I do not. I've hung I've hung up the nylons. That's the joke that I make. But I have covered Charger Girl auditions the last couple of years. And that's one of, honestly, my favorite weeks during the year, because just being around that environment, again, is so much fun. And um, being at events with some of those girls, too, you kind of build those relationships as well. And so I love having the dance connection because it's sometimes like a, you know, yeah, you had Camille on, you had MJ on, like, here's another third person who has some sort of dance connection in this world. But it is a really small world in that sense. Um, but they're, they're really fun to be around. There are countless ways to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports. But how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Now coming to the stage, Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning, you'll see the best stories from around the sports world, from the NBA and the NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. 
Read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself and your time a favor. Sign up for the Axios Sports Newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. So I want to talk a little bit about challenges that you faced along the way. Um, We have so much more to unpack in terms of your work experience, and you've had some incredible ones. But I want to talk a little bit about challenges that you've faced along the way. And I've asked everyone this, and what is like a rejection or a criticism that was so hard at the time, but that you are better for it today? Yeah, so I went on a job interview, and it was one of those kind of speed dating, I like to call it interviews where you meet, you know, seven different people in the span of two hours or whatever. It's like, oh, 15 minutes here. Okay, time's up. Let's take you to this person. And this specific interview, I felt like was going really, really well that I was connecting with the different people there. And then they took me to one of the people who produced content for them. And it was the only time during the interview where I felt like I was being judged because I was a woman in a weird sense, because of my knowledge of sports. And I had already been working in, in the sports world for a couple of years. So at that point, it's like, I couldn't even fake it mm-hmm. if I tried, you know what I mean? Um, but it felt this very, this very much like, oh, you're a girl, you know, how could you kind of know what's going on? And so when I walked away from that, it sort of put things in perspective, like, oh, that was weird. That was kind of the first time I felt like I was always almost judged by my gender. But it also kind of, made me realize like, well, I know my stuff, like what I said in there. No, granted, I didn't get the job. But ultimately, um, you know, I felt proud of myself, though, to have been able to answer any question that he had and everything like that. But it was it was just a weird moment, especially with the juxtaposition of interviewing with other people and other even males, too, and not getting that at all. But um But yeah, I mean, that was kind of just an interesting one, but it also sort of made me proud, like I said, of just my knowledge. And, um, and it's kind of something I think about from time to time. And I know you've talked before about preparation and how important preparation is. And I know I have found when I'm going to be a guest, um, on a podcast, on a radio show, on a TV show, whatever it might be, I try to be a million times more prepared than I need to be. And I try to have a page of notes if needed, but I don't want to have a computer with me. I don't want to have an iPad because, you know, like it or not, unfortunately, as women, we're going to be judged more harshly. So if we mispronounce a name, if we get one stat or fact wrong, it's, you know, completely all over. If we spend too much time looking down at our notes, any of these things. So, you know, hopefully one day that will change, (laughs) but it's probably not going to be this week. So when it comes to preparation, you kind know, of where was that instilled within you? And if you could talk, if you could talk a little bit about your preparation prop process and how you make sure you have all the information you need. Yeah. So I think the biggest sort of preparation test was when I started doing sideline our preseason sideline reporting for chargers games, because that is a whole different beast in and of itself. And it's funny because I had Melanie Collins from CBS sports on the first episode of my podcast. And I had talked to her about preparation and especially for things like that, because you can do your cat also wants you to be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. You can do all the preparation in the world, but sometimes on a game day when it kicks off, when, you know, the first quarter starts, it can go all out the window. But um, but my preparation teams as well, by the way. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, it's like you can script your stand-ups and things like that, but sometimes you just never know what'll happen. A quarterback could retire five minutes <laughs> yeah. before your oh, preseason. So is there, a, is there a specific situation um, where that may have happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that got, that got a little nuts there. Um, but uh, but I think I think it just kind of goes back to the way I would kind of study in school. And even through college and things like that, I'm a girl who, now it's funny because I've definitely gotten more used to using my phone to type notes Mm -hmm. in, but I'm a writer. Like I have a hard, 
coiled planner that I have to write things down in. I'm just kind of that sort of visual learner in that sense. Um, I run around on the sidelines with a legal pad and I still have even a notepad on, on game days that even when I'm not doing sideline and I'm kind of in my normal quote unquote role, I'm, that's how I take notes and things like that. So that sort of preparation, that sort of, I think, preparing in that sense goes back to sort of my school days and things like that. But just, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) excuse me, just being able to kind of condense questions and little notes and things like that. I actually have a notes section in my phone that I have titled good questions. And it's almost like film that I've done watching other reporters, just watching other games and like watching how women or men phrase certain questions and and say things certain ways that maybe you can kind of pull out of your back pocket at the end of the day if a similar situation happens. But, um, But it is super important, obviously, to be prepared. But then like going back to kind of what Melanie said, but at the same time, you don't want to be overly prepared because you still want to be able to be flexible in the event that something kind of crazy may happen. That's excellent advice. I think that is excellent advice because this is also a business where you have to be um, pliable, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, because you never do know what's going to happen. And like you said, your questions could go right out the window, you know, as soon as the ball kicks off. So I think totally. that is excellent, excellent advice. So I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, I know you were the in arena reporter for the Lakers from 2015 to 2016. I have a question for you on your most epic work memory to date. I have a feeling that you you experienced something maybe that wasn't your most epic there, but might might have been, might have been one of your most epics. But if you could talk to us a little bit or talk to me a little bit about how that started. Um, and that was a very interesting, busy time for you and incredible that you were able to do it all. Yeah. So I saw... Well, actually, to backtrack, it's it's kind of funny. It's like I owe Twitter to almost every job <laughs> that I've gotten. Um, the Chargers' original job, original role that I had with them as a contrib- contributing writer was posted on Twitter. I saw it, and, and this Lakers job was done the same. And so I figured, all right, well, let's give it a shot. I had a reel together, and at that time, I was only doing writing for the Chargers, so I wasn't getting any sort of on-camera reps. So I had applied, thinking you know, who knows what will happen. I got a call back and I ended up going to an audition and I had never done an arena hosting before in my life. And so I remember going up to El Segundo and, and showing up to the audition and we had to do like a little bit of a script because the the role was half hosting their pregame show that ran on every uh, television monitor within Staples Center and then half in-game host, contest host, that whole kind of thing. So we had to do like a little bit of a script that kind of you'd see, I think, on Lakers TV and then sort of do faux um, in-game sort of contest interviews, things like that. And I remember Lisa Estrada was like, well, you're from San Diego. And I'm like, I know, but I did an internship in El Segundo with EAG Sports Management a couple of years ago. Like I can guarantee that I will make this work and I will not flake. Didn't think, though, that they would take a flyer on a girl who lived however many, almost 100 miles away, but they did. And it was funny because it was also one of those things, too, that, like I said, I had never really done this before, but I remember just thinking to myself, well, they saw something in me that they believe I can do this. So I went, there was another girl in me, and because, you know, there's so many basketball games that you couldn't one person couldn't do all of them. But I remember shadowing her and kind of picking her brain on how it was that, you know, oh, how do you memorize your script? And how do you do things like that? And she was awesome. And yeah, and I did it. And there were days where I was working full time at the dance studio. um, But I drive up on say a Tuesday from San Diego at 2.30, get stuck in traffic and be there by five and then do the show from... 6.30 to 7, I want to say, whenever tip-off, right before tip-off. And then I would leave. I'd do stuff. And my last thing was the half-court shot contest, which would air uh, going into the third quarter or fourth. I forget now. But I would leave the game early, except for the final game, which was Kobe's last game. Um, and then, you know, drive down to San Diego. And then I was doing in the fall when that was happening. I was working Chargers games on the weekends and coming in once a week in, in their facility. So it was a crazy time. But honestly, it was one of those where everything was so rewarding 
And it took me like listening to MJ's podcast, it took me a little longer kind of to get where I was. And so I kind of figured like, okay, maybe this sort of patience that I kind of had to learn and, and yeah, I guess really just learn with myself and learn to have was kind of paying off in that sense, because I was essentially working for two pro franchises, um, you know, still doing the job that paid the bills, ultimately the dance job, but I was getting so much experience and it was awesome. And I figured, Hey, to get reps holding a Lakers mic flag, like I said, with the Fox sports mic flag earlier, that was great. And that was really, really good experience because it was all live too. None of it was taped. And that's a, a really invaluable thing because it's so different. You know, live is live. <laughs> you, you don't get to, Oh, like I need to redo that. I'm so sorry. Like live. I was like, being able to do both and get both of those experiences um, was probably incredible. Sometimes I feel less pressure with live because I'm like, well, it's going to be what it's going to be. So yeah, I just too. to go with it. But, you know, not it's still it's still a skill set. So um, I think that is just fantastic. You mentioned Kobe's last game. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and being there? I bet that was just incredible. I actually was not at the last game. I have friends who were. Uh, So I just would love to hear a little more about that. It was totally incredible. And I mean, the amount of media that covers Laker games in general is, is crazy, but the amount of media that was at that game was nuts. So I would, when I would kind of just hang out for the games, I would hang out in one of the Zamboni tunnels and during the fourth quarter, because they let media obviously come down to the court. It just was like, a sea of people. I mean, you couldn't even move. There were so many people down there and he put up such an amazing game, but it was one of those moments at the time where I was like, holy moly, like this is really cool. You know, this, and that's kind of how I felt working the Super Bowl in February too. It's like, this is an opportunity that isn't afforded to many people very often. And that was, I mean, it was a part of history. Like it was being a part of history in that moment And it was just incredible. There was such a buzz that was going on throughout Staples. And it was just truly, truly special. I want to talk more about the Super Bowl. But first, I want to talk more about your time with the Chargers and what you do on a day-to-day basis. I'm not sure everyone totally knows what goes into being a team reporter. So I was hoping you could maybe walk us through a day in the life of Haley Elwood, Los Angeles Chargers team reporter, and what that looks like during the week and on game day. Yeah, so let's do let's just go with in season because that's obviously where we are now. So so yeah, Mondays, um, you know, we have we're basically kind of beholden to the football schedule, if that makes sense. So when coach there's media availability, when the locker room is open and when there's practice and things like that. So <laughs> Monday is sort of this kind of catch up day from the, you know, the game prior on Sunday and coach will speak and then on a Tuesday, that's the player's day off, but it's also our community day. So on Tuesdays, I'll either be doing community stuff, um, you know, helping our video team conduct interviews at events, maybe doing a stand-up for a community video. And then now I'm doing a lot of my podcast work on Tuesdays because it posts to the site on Wednesday. So going down to our studio, doing interviews, things like that. Wednesday is sort of the busiest day of the week, I'd like to say, Wednesday and Thursday, because that's the real turn the page day to the next game. So we'll have coach speak, Philip Rivers will speak, and, um, you know, you attend those media sessions, and then there's open locker room. So it's going down to the locker room to talk to guys, maybe get interviews, and then also kind of just schedule things with guys throughout the week. So one of the video series that I do for the chargers is called the winning drive, which is a ride along with a player. And so we retooled them this year to be a little more fun and sort of, I know you love fun facts, um, (laughs) but sort of love them, (laughs) but do a little bit more of like an off field kind of uh, look into a guy. So instead of talking about last week's game, it's like, let's talk to them about where they grew up or where they went to school or why they have so many tattoos or interesting things like that. So I'm kind of always kind of hustling to try to book some of those. And then um, Thursday is kind of a similar day as Wednesday, but the media veils turn to our coordinators and possibly a defensive player. And then, oh yeah, I forgot. (laughs) Then every day I also do a, a video called, we switched it now it's called Rush Hour, which is sort of a 60 to 90 second sort of just news update on what we 
you know, what happened that day, the post the following morning. And then Friday, depending on where we are for the game that week, Friday is either a day at the office, just doing, you know, again, watching a little bit of practice, doing coaches media availability. If there's open locker room, we'll hit that. Um, last week when we played the uh, Lions, it was a travel day because we travel on Fridays to any city that's two time zones or more. So uh, Friday's either a travel day or it's just a day at the office. If it's a home game like this Friday, it will be pretty quiet once the guys all leave. And then game day, um, game day is crazy busy, <laughs> but we just started implementing a pregame show into like the runs in stadium. So again, that kind of Lakers experience paid off. So we've only done one so far, but it was just kind of hosting, throwing to different pieces of content from the field. And then I'll go up to the press box and just kind of watch the game from there. And then when the game ends or a little bit before the game ends, I'll go down to the field. If it's a win, I'll grab a guy for a post-game interview on the field if it's a loss, we'll just head straight into the locker room. And then from there, it's just kind of conducting locker room interviews and possibly taping a post-game podcast, depending on availability and things like that with our other reporter at the Chargers. And it's, you know, by the time you look at your watch, it's time to go home. It's eight o'clock and you're there for 10, 11 hours or so, but it's fun. And then you do it all again the next week. Um, but it's one of those things we always make the joke you wait so long for week one to get here and then you blink and it's like week 17 already. And you're like, where did it go? But you're just so busy throughout the week. But it's one of those jobs. It's also a tremendous amount of fun. And the other women, my counterparts from other teams around the league, we have a giant group chat and we're always kind of talking and it's really picked up steam as of late. But it's also great just to have that support system too, because those relationships, especially with women in the business, are so crucial to have. And do you have any mentors, uh, female mentors over the years that, have, that you've been able to turn to when you're having a challenge, when you have a question, just when you need advice? Yeah, my former boss at the Chargers, my first boss at the Chargers was a woman and she's fantastic and we still kind of keep in touch and she pops in at games and she's just a great resource in general because she's so smart. But then also women in the industry, I mean, Laura Oakman, obviously, and I owe a lot to Alex Flanagan too because she used to do Chargers sideline and when I found out that I was going to get that job, I had reached out to her and with an with open arms. She's like, meet me for coffee and I'll help go over anything you want. And I literally owe all that. You talk about preparation, just speaking with someone who had done it and who had done it for a long time and was good at it. It was so great to pick her brain. And it's awesome just how receptive she was. And so kind of like MJ in a sense, I mean, I'm always, I'm all about paying it forward because it took me a while, like I said, to kind of get here and by no means am I saying I've quote unquote made it, but in this role. Um, but I love, you know, answering questions and just kind of being an open book for girls who have any questions that they'd like answered about this job or this industry. That's fantastic. And it's so important. Um, community over competition. We're very big on that. Yeah. Girls Sports Network, women helping women, community over competition, because it's just so important. It's hard enough. And so we should be helping each other and not mm -hmm. anyway bringing each other down or not helping each other. Um, so you talked yeah. a little bit about your Playmakers podcast. I want to talk more about that before we head into Super Bowl and your own five fun facts. But tell us about your recently launched Playmakers podcast. Yeah, so at the Chargers, we we started, um, well, Chris Harry, our other reporter, has done two podcasts over the last couple of years. And then this year, we sort of ramped it up. And now we have the Chargers Podcast Network. And under the Chargers Podcast Network, we're giving you all different types of content. So I started Playmakers and the Reader's Digest version of it. It's a podcast that focuses on female figures in and around the organization in the greater sports world. So I just really think it's cool and hey, you're doing it right now, but to have a platform where you can talk to women, um, either, like I said, women who are reporters in this industry or even just women around the Chargers. Like I got Susie Spanos on last week, owner and chairman of the board, Dean Spanos, his wife, and then did half with her and then half with Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. But I just think it's a really interesting, it's an awesome topic to just talk to these women 
And, you know, I've had guys reach out to me and be like, oh, this was such a cool episode. <laughs> you know, we're not just talking about chick stuff all day long. <laughs> it's it's definitely informative on a multitude of levels. But just being able to give these women a platform was really important to me. And to do it from an authentic space that isn't like we're sticking rhinestones on something or pink jerseys on something else. To really have, you know, authentic, informative conversations and really just highlight these women. And at the Chargers, we have really great women who do amazing work just within the organization, like Jeannie Bonk, who's the team COO and CFO and uh, Allison Miner, who's one of our physical therapists and athletic trainers. And she's one of only seven in the league. Like there are only seven female trainers in the league, you know, amongst other women and just obviously players, significant others, coaches, significant others, just being able to talk to those women is really great too, because they're here day in day and day out. And I told Susie, Susie calls the women's club, the significant others club, the playmakers club. I was like, you coined this because these women are the playmakers. They're the ones who are holding down the fort when their husbands or significant others are out on the road. And they're, some of them are moms. Some of them have amazing jobs and they balance it all. And I think shining a light on that is really cool. Absolutely. Obviously I could not agree with you more on that. Um, it's so very important and it's so very important just to to hear stories and to to know that other people go through challenges and, and what other people have experienced and how it can be helpful. And just that there are so many different jobs in sports and in an organization and there's so many opportunities for not just women, for everybody to get involved, but you know, particularly highlighting women who've really broken through the glass ceiling, so to speak, um, in these roles, which I think is just so important. So I'm very excited for the Playmakers podcast and I will be adding it to my podcast rotation. I'm a big podcast fan generally. So I will be adding Playmakers on in and I look forward to listening to it. Yeah, we'll get you on. Uh, so, oh, that would be wonderful. I would love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so before we get to your five fun facts, I want to talk about your working uh, this past Super Bowl as a roving reporter for opening night and just that whole experience. I imagine that was crazy and was it intimidating or do you feel like okay I I was prepared for this I know what I'm doing um so just can you tell us about that yeah so that came about to and this is like you know when you ask like oh what's your biggest piece of advice it's like practical advice sure do all the preparation you can know your stuff but like personal advice is just kind of be a nice person because the way I got this gig was when the Chargers went to London the NFL contracts a company out to do to uh, produce all the in-game content that you see in Wembley Stadium. And so I did some stuff with them. And literally the week leading up to the Chargers divisional game when they were going to play the New England Patriots, I got an email from a guy who worked from that company and said, hey, do you want to work the Super Bowl? And I just went, holy moly, like, of course. But, you know, we got to get through some stuff here first. The Chargers obviously didn't end up winning that game, but the following Monday I had asked my boss and he was totally cool about it because basically what they do is they pull different people from different NFL teams. So you have, like we had a camera guy who works for the Giants and then I was with the Chargers and and it's kind of cool because you have like, not obviously every team is represented, but you have so many different teams coming together to work this one massive NFL event. So what's kind of funny, though, is I felt the same way about it. Like, I felt kind of going into that Lakers job for the first time, like, okay, this is a lot. And this is the biggest platform, you know, in sports at the time. But they obviously know I can do this. And so the funny thing is you talk about preparation. There wasn't a whole lot <laughs> that went into this because opening night is a beast in and of itself. And it is just craziness, rapid fire. I ate a cricket, like there was a woman who had like crickets on the floor. It did not make the final cut of the package we, we cut, but it was one of those like, hey, you know, obviously, Haley, you're not going to be interviewing any of the super top players on teams because they have their podiums and they have everything like that, but just kind of get to know like the specialists maybe um, and just kind of have a general awareness. But I remember during the Patriots section of opening night that I was on the floor I literally interviewed a guy I interviewed a player I ran over to a set and Mark Summers was doing a double dare <laughs> a double 
double dare setup and I was doing like play by play on double dare and then interviewed like it was Steven Goskowski and I forget the other player who was there but like interviewed them and it was just it was craziness but it was kind of like when you talked about that element of live that's so much fun it's almost like something kind of clicks and you're like okay it's go time like you know I, I'm sure I may have studied their punter but he's not here right now so we got to go doing something else and and it was awesome and so we did so that was opening night and then throughout the week I would go to the different events in Atlanta so it was you know Super Bowl experience and um NFL oh gosh Super Bowl experience and then they had different concerts every day that reflected sort of the city's music scene and so did a couple interviews with music artists and and then we, they would put those packages together that would air in game on Sunday. So then fast forward throughout the week to Super Bowl Sunday, we got there very early and I was set up outside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, so I was working with Scott Hansen from NFL Network and he was the in like he was in the stadium and then he would throw to me outside and then I would throw to the packages that I did throughout the week. So, you know, it's live, but I wrote all my standups, we had a couple talk back segments and it was just so cool because it is unbelievable. I'd never been to a Super Bowl before. It is unlike anything else and just even having the experience of going to a Super Bowl and working a Super Bowl if the Chargers are to make it, it's like okay, now I know kind of what to expect and how many people are down on the sidelines and everything like that. And then once the game kicked off, my responsibilities were essentially finished. So I just got to watch the game. And I remember standing there during the national anthem and not getting like physically emotional, but just kind of taking it all in and being like, holy moly, I am here and I'm working the Super Bowl and this is crazy. But in that moment, it was kind of like that reflection of, okay, like the work and the years that I've put into getting here kind of paid off and like led me to this and it was just so cool and unforgettable and I always say like the Kobe moment was definitely top moment of my career thus far but working the Super Bowl uh bumped that down on the power rankings the Super Bowl is now the number one just unforgettable work experience that I've had well there's really nothing like the Super Bowl right they're just really it's there's just nothing like it everything that surrounds it the game, the hoopla going into the week. There's just a certain energy and electricity. Uh, so I completely, completely understand that. I would imagine that would, I imagine that will always probably be one of your highlights. I think so. And, and if I get to do it again, that would be awesome. And if I don't, I mean, just having that experience was, was so incredible, but yeah, just that, that energy, that buzz, just seeing random celebrities on the sidelines. Like I remember seeing Ellie Goulding and Jamie Foxx. And it's like, what are you guys doing here? But then you're like, oh, it's the Super Bowl. Like everyone's watching this right now. You know, everyone wants to be part of it. And so to actually be part of it was something real that was really special. That's amazing. That's incredible. Well, I hope that you get to work another Super Bowl. And I hope it's because your team is in the Super Bowl. Because I'm sure that would be an even just a different experience, but also incredible. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally. Or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Get My Job listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. So before I let you go, which I don't want to do because you've been fantastic, but you are a busy woman with a lot of things going on, uh, we are going to do what we do with every guest, our five fun facts questions. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, 
We ask every guest these same five questions. So I will start with the first one. And you've a little bit covered it, but this doesn't necessarily have to be something that you've worked, but it can be. What is your favorite moment in sports? Yeah, so I'm going to actually go just TV watching favorite moment in sports. And there are a lot of them, but my dad grew up a huge Green Bay Packers fan. So the Packers were always on in our house growing up. And so that 2013 week 17 finale between the Packers and the Bears, that was when, you know, someone was going to win the NFC North and the other team was going home. And Aaron Rodgers was coming back after breaking his collarbone against the Bears earlier in the season. Randall Cobb was back after breaking his leg earlier in the season. And the Packers are down one point. It's fourth down. And Rodgers connects with Randall Cobb. And I just remember my dad, like, freaking out, like, screaming at the television when they connected on that touchdown to win the North and head to the playoffs. And it was just kind of one of those, like, magical moments that, everything sort of came together and just those sort of magical sports moments that happen. And, you know, they didn't make it very far in the playoffs. They lost to the Niners the following week, but, but in that moment, it was just so cool. And also just cool from that sort of what sports is and what it does and brings families together. And it was just such an awesome bonding experience to see my dad so happy and so excited and like freaking out. That was, um that was just a really, really just kind of cool moment just from, literally just a watching watching sports on tv perspective that is that's an amazing amazing moment and then they they did go on to lose the Niners but what a game that was an incredible football game yeah what a game that one was too all right our next one what is your life motto so this is a cheesy one but it's she believes she good so she did and a couple years ago Nordstrom sells uh, mantra bands which are little bracelets that are either like I mine's in rose gold and it says it on that bracelet and they have a million different sayings which are really cool and really awesome and so I bought it for myself a couple years ago when I was like the Lakers job had ended and I was just trying to find that full-time job in sports because I was part-time with the Chargers for three years until they moved to Los Angeles and they brought me on full-time but I just kind of like adopted that as my mantra and like I said it's kind of cheesy but I like I've channeled it and I felt like since I bought that bracelet and I wear it every day with my watch every single day, I just kind of put out that good energy and vibe off of it. And I sort of feel like in a weird way, it's it's kind of helped me help me have that mindset. She believed she could, so she did. I love that. Yep. That's fantastic. And what a great thing to have on your bracelet. What a good reminder. You know, just you need, yeah. you're having a moment, you look and take a breath and look at that. That's incredible. Uh, what is your go-to workout? I love Pilates. Love, love, love Pilates. I have tried a million different things. And I think part of the Pilates connection that I love is the dancer background, you know, doing things in turnout and stretching and, and doing all those different exercises. I just love the reformer so much. And I make the joke, how many workouts can you do when you're laying down <laughs> that are like <laughs> very effective? But um but I go to a couple different places. There's a, a studio by my apartment that I go to. And then there's a studio in Laguna Beach that I've I've dabbled in that's actually owned by, here you go, Full Circle, a former Charger girl as well. So I love that she's a former, <laughs> excuse me, dancer and has that background. But I just, I love Pilates. It is just, it is my go-to. And I really started, you know, you know this too, when you work in sports, it's so hard to kind of find that time. But I found that like when I set out that time and go to a class, I'm just happier like when it's over because it sort of just helps you release stress and all those different things throughout the week. And you can sort of really focus in on something, which is so hard to do in this day and age where you're constantly surrounded by tweets and phones and all of that. But um, long-winded answer, but Pilates, short answer. <laughs> I love Pilates as well. And it, it what you just said makes me think of the Legally Blonde line that exercise give you, gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. And happy people exactly. don't kill their husbands. They just don't. Exactly. <laughs> but I always think of that because endorphins do make you happy. And I think exercise, at least for me, and it sounds like for you, is important to have that time mentally as much as physically, if not more so mentally. Totally. 100%. Uh, your go-to coffee order. So I'm more of a tea girl. I do drink. I will dabble in 
fancy lattes and mochas and everything like that. But if you know me, you know that you're probably going to see me on mornings with a Trenta ice green tea, no sweetener from Starbucks. I make the joke. That's like my blood type. Like I just live off of that. Um, but if it's coffee, I'll probably do an almond milk vanilla latte or anything, no real milk, throw the almond milk in there, but either mochas or lattes. Um, but yeah, but teas, teas, iced teas more the jam over here. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I think I'm going to change that question to go to coffee or tea order. Because <laughs> I'm the anomaly here though. I'm, I'm the outlier. <laughs> I, I feel like one of our other guests was also tea. So I think we can certainly okay. be an all in let me start that sentence all over again, an all encompassing tea or coffee order. Perfect. And last but not least, a book every woman should read. So I had to think about this one, but a couple years ago, I read a book called Unbelievable, which was written by Katie Turr. And Katie Turr is an NBC News correspondent but she covered, the whole book is on her covering Donald Trump's presidential campaign and her being assigned to that. And I find political reporting just as fascinating as sports reporting in a way, because you don't know sometimes what's going to happen on a given day. And those men and women work so hard. They're just, especially during campaign seasons, they're out on the trail. They are out on planes. I mean, I make the joke that we have crazy schedules. Political reporters have insane, crazy schedules. And the book is just kind of a peek behind the curtain on what it's like to be on the campaign trail from a professional side, and which is awesome, you know, being a journalist as well in a different capacity, just kind of learning about that, but also the personal side. And you get kind of a peek into, you know, how she had to balance her personal life with all of that. But it is, it is really cool. And politics aside, um, cause she doesn't take a side or anything like that. It's just a really interesting look at what that's like. Oh, that sounds fascinating. I will definitely check that out. That sounds amazing. Well, Haley, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so fun. You have had an incredible career. I know it's only the beginning of so many incredible things to come. We'll see how many times I can say incredible in the same sentence, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do, I do. Yeah. It's, it's not a, it's certainly not a bad word to use, but I do I mean it. And I, personally have so enjoyed getting to know you that it was a real treat for me to have you on today. So thank you so much for joining us. And to our listeners, if you like what you heard today, and I'm sure you did, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review for a chance to win fangirl merchandise. Just screenshot your review in your Instagram story and tag at Phil at fangirl sports network, hashtag get my job pod. Haley, have a wonderful rest of your week and everybody else. I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.